Thanks for listening to another episode of the Shooting Jays podcast. I'm Jessica Snee, along with my host, Stephen Thompson. We have a special guest today, Adam Kaufman, who is iHeart Boston Cluster Sports Director and the host of the Celtics Beat podcast. Uh, excited to have you on, Adam. Thanks for joining us today. Pleasure's mine. How are you two? I'm great. Doing good, man. It's you know, crazy times, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, doing good. that's for sure. I hope you guys are staying healthy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course. Same with you. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, let's just get right into it. You know, games are um, – things are starting to heat up. Mandatory practices started yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, could, could you just take us through, like, what the next three weeks will look like for the Celtics players and the team? Sure. I don't have a specific, uh, you know, full NBA calendar in front of me, and I, I also think that even if I did, it's so fluid, as you acknowledged, with the unpredictable nature of what's going on in the world and the pandemic. But – you know, the biggest thing, as you noted, mandatory individual workouts got started, that at the Hour Back Center. We're only days away uh, from the Celtics heading to Orlando. Tentatively, that's supposed to happen on July 8th. So, what, six days away as, as we chat right now. And then, of course, getting to some practices down there. And then games, first game against the Milwaukee Bucks is July 31st. Now, that's if, and, and to me, and I, I talked about this on my podcast recently, I think it's a big if. But that's if everything stays on schedule and, you know, these 22 teams really do descend upon Orlando and the Disney World Resort and go inside that bubble. And, you know, the NBA's invested a lot, about $150 million for that three-month bubble, according to Brian Windhorst and ESPN yesterday. So that's what things look like. And then you have the eight regular season games to finish things off and then a uh, possible play-in tournament, not that that would impact the Celtics, but lower-seeded teams that are competing for the eighth spot in their respective conferences, and then six teams will go home, and uh, we'll, we'll find out which team really has the, the biggest will to win, and not just the physical advantages, but mental and emotional and psychological advantages that can withstand what is going to be a very difficult environment there, chasing a championship over the next few months. Yeah, people were saying um, that they might be should put an asterisk around this championship, but I think this run is harder than a normal season. Um, so what are the details about the bubble? Are they going to be tested every day? Can they come and go? Well, they definitely cannot come and go. And, and truthfully, it's it almost and I do it too. So this, you know, I, I do it all the time. And I think I've already done it in talking to you. You know, we refer to it commonly as a bubble. And truthfully, I don't know. It is and it isn't. It sort of depends on on what aspect you're talking about. For the players, for coaches, for staffs, those that are permitted to go, those that are healthy. And we know at least at this moment, all Celtics players are healthy. Brad Stevens said yesterday in, in a meeting with the media that, you know, no one has tested positive for the virus, with the exception of Marcus Smart going all the way back to March. Since then, everybody healthy. Everybody looks good physically. Everybody appears to be in shape. And Unlike uh, some of the players, Avery Bradley and, and Davis Bertans and uh, some of the guys around the league that have said, you know what, thanks, but no thanks. All Celtics plan to participate in this as well. So, you know, to ease anyone's concerns, you don't have to worry about, say, Kemba Walker saying, yeah, you know, this isn't really for me. Everybody's going. So that's, that's a good thing. It's something to be excited about if, again, all of this happens. But once they get there, yes, they're in a bubble, but it's not a true bubble because employees of Disney, you know, the resorts, the three resorts that these players and teams are staying at 
are going to be coming in and out of the bubble as their shifts dictate. And so, you know, everyone will stay as clear of them as possible and, and try and limit the spread of this unpredictable virus. But you can only make assurances to such a point. Adam Silver said that in an interview with Time uh, just earlier this week that, you know, hey, that this may not happen. You know, our plan is for it to happen. We're optimistic it'll happen. But if the virus spreads at a rapid rate, we got a whole bunch of positive cases. Once games resume, we may have to scrap this thing. And that's, you know, really a, a last case scenario. Nobody wants to do that, especially once they get there. They'd rather make that decision before anybody arrives in Orlando. But, um, you know, they will be tested constantly. They will keep their distance. They will you know, nobody's bringing any family into the bubble with them for uh, several weeks, months, you know, until the second round of the playoffs. Some teams obviously never will. And, uh, you know, then it, it goes from there. But so much of this, you know, it's it's just we talk on, on June 2nd. We can say what it looks like right now. So much of this is dependent upon the virus, which nobody can accurately predict because it's a virus. And so we're just going to see how everything evolves over the course of the next several weeks. Right. Now, do you see um, any of the older coaches opting out? I don't know if they will opt out, but I, I saw an interview yesterday with Rick Carlisle, who, of course, leads the Mavericks. And he's in that that sort of, you know, that age range, whether it's Carlisle, whether it's Greg Popovich, some of the others in the league that, you know, they were told that, hey, age alone will not prevent your ability to be able to take part in this thing. But if there are people in your life that are high risk and they're going to be, you know, with you at some point, or you're concerned about their safety, or you have pre-existing medical conditions or, or whatever it may be. Those are things that could obviously come into play that would prevent them from going. So, you know, do I see any of them opting out? I don't, you know, they're all competitors. Everybody wants to win a championship. As you said, this is, this is what they're chasing, you know, put place an asterisk on it or not, and it absolutely deserves one, but it doesn't necessarily deserve one in a negative way. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo said the other day, maybe it was even yesterday, that this is as tough a championship as any of us are ever going to have to win in a bubble environment, away from home, away from friends, away from family, away from our fans, in empty buildings, in unfamiliar environments, on neutral courts, you know, no advantages whatsoever. This is I mean, this is tough. Like, this is, you could almost put more validity on a championship like this than uh, any normal, quote unquote, normal one. So uh, it's going to be really fascinating if it all happens. But uh, long-winded answer to your question, I don't think that, uh, I'd be surprised if any coaches opt out. But I guess it could happen. Yeah. Now, Brad, Brad Stevens said yesterday to the media that he's treating this, they're treating this as a new season. Um mm -hmm. You know, you kind of have to because they pretty much did have a little mini off season there. Um, do you yeah. see the Celtics adding someone or do you think they're just going to go with their 15 guys and their two two-way players? I don't see them adding anyone right now. I don't even think they can, uh, unless I'm mistaken. I don't think they can add anyone necessarily unless, uh, you know, someone were to decline going. I know there there are the expanded roster spots, but are, are the Celtics going to go and, you know, like you said, Taco Fall and, and Tremont Waters, G League Rookie of the Year, he's, you know, these guys are going to at least be there whether they participate in, in playoff games. I doubt it, but they'll be part of this thing. Uh, but is, you know, are they going to sign 
Jordan Crawford, let's say, uh, or, you know, or uh, Jamal Crawford. I, I don't think so. I, I would be surprised if that happens. I mean, the only reason the Lakers just added J.R. Smith was because obviously Avery Bradley uh, said he wasn't going to go. So um, I think this roster is, is what it is. Right. And I'm comfortable with going, with going there with that. I mean, he's going to shorten his rotation for the playoffs anyway. Um, so I guess my dream of Danny signing uh, Isaiah Thomas should be gone. Huh? <laughs> it should be. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, even if they, let's say, let's, let's just say, because again, maybe I'm mistaken anyway, let's say they have the ability to sign Isaiah Thomas. That wouldn't be the right move. You know, that's, that's not going to like, I know there are so many of us that would love to see it from a, uh, more an emotional standpoint than anything because he was such an important member of the franchise for a few years there and had such incredible and, and memorable moments from a pure basketball standpoint, which in the context of what we're talking about is all that matters right now. I adding a guy like Isaiah Thomas, is not going to help you win. Yeah. I was just looking at bench scoring. That's the one thing, yeah. you know, that we definitely lack of, um, he was doing decent in Washington. So, I mean, we, like we said, we all love him. He bled green. Um, mm-hmm. I wish him, you know, I hope he get, does get signed and be, does be able to do something, but. It'd be great. So, yeah. He deserves another opportunity. I just don't think the, the timing is right for him in Boston right now. And even before all of this hit the pandemic and everything else, you know, Danny Ainge and various radio interviews and chats with the media said as much, uh, you know, after, uh, after the trade deadline that it just, he didn't see it as being a fit right now. And I, I don't think that's changed. All right, Steve, you still there? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Steve, be part of this. <laughs> I got one. Like who do you think is more important for the Celtics this season, Tatum or Brown? Well, this season, I would say that, the person more important to their success is definitely Jason Tatum, you know, and that's contingent in large part upon him picking up, you know, where he left off, which is no easy feat whatsoever, especially if we remember like Tatum had said he hadn't had a, we know he does now, but he didn't have a hoop at his house. He hadn't picked up a basketball in, in months at one point. And I look, I don't know what kind of shape he's kept himself in or what his, his basketball skills are, are looking at, you know, like, right this very moment coming off of, you know, as you said, Jessica, largely kind of an, an off season feeling, but uh, you know, if, I mean, he was a, he, he was playing like a top five, definitely top 10 player in the NBA for, you know, between getting named an all-star to that stoppage on March 11th. I mean, that was several weeks of, 30 points per game and, and just being elite. I mean, going out there and single-handedly winning games. I mean, he was playing at, at dream levels, like pay this man the max, budding superstar, oh my God, they've got the next big thing levels. And I don't know if he or anyone for that matter can pick up right where they left off at, uh, at such a high level. But if he is able to, over the course of these final regular season games before the playoffs, kind of ramp it right back up and get to where he was, then that'll, I mean, that's a, that's a game changer in the best possible way for the Celtics. You know, Jalen Brown, you could argue, especially at the time the All-Stars were named, that he had as much, if not a better case, than Jason Tatum. But obviously what Tatum has done since that point 
has taken him to a new level that Brown hasn't reached and may never reach. And that is no knock on Jalen Brown. He has been awesome this year, worth every penny of that contract. He signed that doesn't even kick in until next season. And you could argue that contract was even team friendly when all is said and done. Uh, but he just, he doesn't have, you know, to me, like Jalen Brown could be a perennial all-star, but not a superstar. And that's what we're talking about with Jason Tatum. Do you think if Brown was on a different team and was the number one option, he could be a superstar? Because right now, uh, I'm a huge Brown fan. That's He's my mm. favorite player. Um, you know, but right now he's probably maybe the third, maybe sometimes the fourth option. Sure. Yeah, very true. I mean, obviously, it's it's really, it's Tatum one, it's Walker two, it's, you know, and then it's either Brown or Hayward, right? And so, um, I think circumstance is everything. You know, Jason Tatum over the last couple of years when he was, uh, you know, really good, opened a lot of eyes as a rookie, and then, as we know, kind of, um, not leveled off, but took a step back in a lot of ways last year, uh, and then, obviously, where he is now has been that's that's the player that everybody dreamed he would be last year but if as a rookie and as an NBA sophomore he was the guy on a crummy team because that would be the reality not a contending team a crummy team for him to be the number one guy as a rookie or as a second year player you see some of these guys in the league if he had been in that position he might have been closer to the guy that we're seeing right now at least you know, maybe not in terms of efficiency, but in volume and in raw numbers. So for Jalen Brown, same kind of thing. Like he's never been in a position in Boston where he was the guy, you know, on a given night. Sure. And a lot of nights. And that's why he is averaging 20 points a game. But for him to be, you know, the guy that requires a lot more opportunity that he's just not getting in Boston. If he were, say, uh, I don't know, a a Nick uh, or, or who, you know, what name, name your terrible team. Would he be getting 30 a game the way Tatum was? I still don't think so, but he would be obviously that much better. Like he's, he'd be capable of scoring 25 a game. I believe that. Right. That's yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. I liked your, I like that explanation. I was thinking you were going to go the other way with that, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Kemba's knee, you know, he's had the time off and he said he feels great. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. Obviously, that's a huge part to the Celtics competing. If he, his knee isn't right, I don't see Tatum taking the reins completely. I mean, because who do you throw in there? Brad Wanamaker? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I guess you just kind of have to take Kemba at his word right now. I mean, none of these guys really know. They know their bodies better than any of us do. They know how they feel. They know what's normal, what isn't normal. And they're having these virtual training sessions and have for months now with members of the staff. And, and like you said, it is, you know, feels like it's coming off of an offseason, except a really long, irregular offseason because guys aren't even working out together. They're not scrimmaging. They're not playing pickup games. Like everything is, this is just different. Life is different. I don't need to explain that to people. But as a professional athlete, it's that much more so because like we can work from home. I can work from home. You can work from home. Our jobs and the way that we do our jobs probably aren't going to suffer that much. Some people maybe are even more efficient and better at their jobs working from home. These guys are not in an industry where that applies. It is quite the opposite. And so, you know, Kemba can say, I feel great. I needed that rest. I am well rested. I feel healthy. That's awesome. That's exactly what you want to hear. How's he going to feel three games into the rebooted season? 
we don't know, neither does he. So we just kind of have to wait and hope for the best. And if it's not him, yeah, I mean, then that, that bench gets explored. But I think that's going to happen with a lot of these teams. You're, you're going to have, you know, I, I'm going to be kind of in that same vein. I'm going to be curious how Brad Stevens, how any coach in the NBA that has the position to either fight for a playoff spot or less so in the case of Stevens and the Celtics jockey for seeding. Cause obviously like they're not going to finish number one, but they could certainly still in these eight games overtake the Raptors and get the second seed in the East. What's the approach? You know, how thin is that bench versus how long is that rotation? Are they going to be attack, 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 try to get the two seed, or are they just going to be content with whatever seed it is? The most important thing is, getting on the same page, getting into shape, getting into a groove. And, you know, we're not so much worried about whether we go three and five or six and two over these last eight games. Seeding is not the end all be all. And that's all part of that same conversation as to how much Kemba plays versus a guy like Wanamaker. Yeah. And the Celtics have one of the easier schedules for the remaining eight games. And I believe Toronto has one of the worst. Yep. Yeah, you're right. And so that's why even being whatever it is, three games back of, of the Raptors, they can, it, it's a short amount of time, eight games in any regular season, you would say there's a, a strong chance that's not going to happen. But now in, in this situation, the lack of familiarity and uh, as you noted, the strength of schedule or, or vice versa on the other side, it, uh, it, it, it's absolutely in play for the Celtics to get that second seed depending on how hard they go after it. All right. Um, so just lastly, you know, you've been wonderful. And um, just, do you know, what is the NBA doing for um, in the bubble for the Black mm -hmm. Lives uh, Movement? Well, it's not, uh, I don't think anything is official. There have just been the reports of obviously what the league is looking to do. And, and the league is taking this as it should very, very seriously, especially a league that is predominantly Black and working very closely with uh, the Players Association, which, again, you're talking about mostly uh, Black members that are on the executive committee. And, you know, we've had some very uh, vocal players like Kyrie Irving, who, of course, can't participate uh, due to his injury in, in this bubble and in this postseason, but talking about just the, you know, the forming of a coalition and the importance of the Black Lives Matter movement, which it is exceedingly important. And, um, you know, I know that was a concern to some of the players, be it Irving, Bradley, Dwight Howard, guys like that. You know, hey, we want to make sure that that returning to play does not sacrifice what we're trying to do as a society. You know, there was a, uh, a player the other day, Fred Van Vliet, that was talking about that as well, saying that, look, I mean, th this, is, this is largely financially driven. We want our money. The league wants its money. But we know we should not be playing right now. There are more important things in the world going on that should be taking our focus. And he was talking uh, in large part about civil rights activism, racial injustices, everything that's going on. So to answer your question, there are right now, um, you know, reported plans to put Black Lives Matter on the sidelines of all three courts the players would be using. There are plans to um, allow players to put messages on their jerseys as opposed to their names. Like maybe, a, I don't it could be anything. Maybe a, a player's jersey says Black Lives Matter. Maybe a player's jersey says, um, you know. Enos Cantor. Yeah, freedom of speech. I, I, it could be anything. Yeah, freedom. Yeah. Exactly. That, that type of thing. And so 
you know, obviously it's, it's not, uh, you know, I haven't put great, a great deal of thought into what those specific messages would be. And, and uh, you know, it's not me out there who's wearing a Jersey, but I think that everyone is taking this and should be taking this incredibly seriously. And, and it's going to be as much, you know, the, the black lives matter movement is going to be as, as much a part of the fabric of this return at the Disney bubble as the games themselves. Yeah, I feel, I mean, that returning to play, I feel like they can use that platform, you know, because they talk after every game. I mean, they, I think they can really use that platform. And the other thing is, um, I was very proud of our Celtics players um, for stepping up, you know, hearing their voice, especially Jalen Brown. I know I'm a Jalen Brown fan, but what did he travel? What is it, eight hours to Atlanta or 12 hours to Atlanta? Um, so, yeah, I just, I mean, I think they can me? use their platform. You still there? Oh. Hello? Did we lose him? I don't know. Hey, can you still hear me? All right. Yeah. Yep. Hey, sorry. Sorry about that. I'm not sure what uh, <laughs> what happened in my headset there, but all of a sudden you were gone. So, hey, ho- <laughs> hopefully you're able to chop this out. Otherwise, it'll just be entertaining for the people, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Steve, did you have any other questions? Uh, just well, yeah, one more from me. Like, obviously, the schedule and the playoffs are going to be really condensed. Do you think it could possibly favor a younger team with the amount of games that are going to be played in such a short period of time, or does it not matter? Well, I think the freshness of legs, I guess, is you know certainly relevant when it comes to youth. But I think it's not a, I don't think to me anyway, it's a huge factor because there's just, everyone has had such a long period of time off, like automatically, you know, most people would come back to probably a, a LeBron James off of what you're talking about because mm-hmm. he's had uh, so many deep playoff runs and uh, is, you know, he's, he's so many miles on that belt, but uh, I don't think it's going to matter. You know, these guys have just been off, for so long to me. And, and I alluded to this off the top of our interview. I, I think the, the bigger factor than, than youth and to, or age or, and even to some degree talent, you know, talent, obviously we always say it in the NBA, right? Talent wins out. Like you're not, it's not, you don't have the parody in the NBA that you have in, in the NHL, in the NFL, um, you know, Less so maybe Major League Baseball, but even look at what the Nationals did last year. Plenty talented team, but I just mean like a team can get hot and win a championship. That doesn't happen in the NBA. More often than not, the teams with the most talent win the titles. This year, that may not be the case. I think that, you know, will to win, as cliche as that sounds, is going to be immensely important because we don't know if, you know, halfway through this bubble environment, some of the top players in the league sort of mentally check out. They just say, look, I, I want to be with my friends. I want to be with my family. I want to be at home. I don't want to be trapped here anymore. I'm, I'm over this. Like, I, I just, uh, this isn't worth it to me anymore. And so it's going to be, and that's the conversation that really a lot of coaches, and I'm sure Brad Stevens are, are, has already had these conversations or at least started to with his players. These are the conversations that I imagine are, are taking place in locker rooms across the country among these 22 teams and, and north of the border with Canada and the uh, Toronto Raptors. The, the importance of, you know, whichever team really kind of wants it more can put aside the, the, 
the emotional, the mental, the psychological demands and, and just try and keep up with all that and, and power your way through it is going to be the one that lifts that Larry O'Brien trophy. I, I really believe that. I, I, you know, I know that odds are what they are, right? Like it's the Lakers, it's the Clippers, it's the Bucks. It seems like that to win the championship. I'm not going to be at all surprised if it's a team that wins the title that, that none of us were talking about. Yeah, the Celtics are legit contenders. They really Absolutely. are. Everybody thought they were probably about a year off, but with this with this situation that we're going in, they are definitely content, especially where they're second in defense, and they're the only team to have three players average over 20 points. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I and I just think they have so they they have a great makeup as a group. You know, it's it, it's very much the antithesis of what last year was. You know, you have a, a group of guys that are very bonded and all in it together, and just. Um, I really think that excited uh, about getting into this, like we haven't had a sniff of a player even hinting at the possibility of not going. And as we said, I know Brad Stevens already said, everybody's going, but like there, there doesn't even seem to be any deliberation among any players. There was the one report a week or two back about Jason Tatum. Hey, maybe he wouldn't go because he's concerned about, you know, an injury uh, uh, weeks or months away from, maxing out as a uh, restricted free agent or, or getting a giant contract extension this off season. But he never said anything, you know, it was never like from his agent or anything. It was just, you know, one person's speculation. It wasn't even really a report. It was just like, yeah, a guy like this could potentially want to sit out. And, you know, so I think that these guys are in it to win it uh, for, for lack of a better term. And um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm excited to watch it if it happens. Yeah, me too. I think Jason Tatum, like Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, you know, those kind of players, I think they just wanted the insurance for that. And they got that. There's some insurance yeah. um, if the players get injured and stuff. I think that's all they wanted, you know. And we know Tatum's full in, and we need Tatum to be full in. Agreed. Yeah, it's going uh, it, to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't wait. A couple weeks away, a couple weeks. <laughs> Yes, that's all I have. Yeah. So, Adam, do you want to just tell everybody where they can find you? Sure. Uh, I'm obnoxiously out there on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. And, uh, you know, that's that's always the best way to get a hold of me. You guys did. You know, always feel free to reach out on, on DM. I'm sometimes slow to reply, but I, I try my best to get back anyway. But uh, that's, that's usually the best place to find me and, uh, you know, just – keeping busy and, and like anyone else waiting for real sports to return. All right. Well, um, we're just, we have nothing left really. So we're just going to end this. I hope um, everybody has a great 4th of July. Uh, stay safe. Yeah, you as well. Yeah, definitely uh, check it out. It'll be on anchor coming up probably this afternoon and Adam, definitely. Thanks again, man, for coming on. We definitely appreciate it. Oh, pleasure's mine. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Have a good day. See you guys next week. You guys too. See ya.